Hello, and welcome to the Little MBA podcast. I am thrilled to have a very special guest with me today, the host of his very own podcast, Danny Miranda. A Danny Miranda show has quickly gained popularity thanks to his engaging interview style and impressive guest lineup. His passion for helping others reach their full potential is evident in every episode. Thanks for joining us, Danny, and I appreciate you being on one of my very early episodes of the Little MBA podcast. After watching you on YouTube and seeing your picture on Twitter and hearing you on your own podcast, I feel like I already know you. So I'm excited to chat with you today. I'm so excited for you. This is amazing, starting the journey. A lot of don't ever start something that they want to do. And I'm grateful to be on and I'm honored by it. So thank you for asking me. I'd like to start off here and ask you about your career path, where you were, where you've been, what you're doing today, and how you knew this was the right path for you. So fill us in. Yeah, absolutely. My journey, it's funny to think of it as a career, was basically graduating college and saying to myself, I want to work for myself and I want to do something that is exciting to me every day. It started with creating products and selling products online. This started with drop shipping and finding products that were already working in the market and selling them to people through Facebook ads. I did pretty well at this over a year or two, but I found out it really wasn't feeding my soul in any way. That kind of sent me down an existential crisis of, okay, I'm making money, but this isn't bringing me fulfillment. So what should I do? And the next thing I stumbled across was like, oh, let me be a personal trainer because maybe I won't make as much money, but I will be fulfilled every day and I'll be helping people improve their lives. I was not feeling completely fulfilled with that path either because there was some part of me that wasn't getting activated. And that part of me was ideas and connection with people. I started writing and I put my thoughts out on Twitter. And from that, I put out on Twitter, who wants to talk on the phone? Then I had such amazing phone conversations that I said, oh, I'd like to record these conversations. Then two and a half years after that, we're sitting here today and I have a podcast and Now I think it's a top 100 entrepreneurship podcast in the United States. And it's like, how did that happen? I don't know. But I just kept following my heart and asking myself the question, am I getting joy? Am I loving the process of what I'm doing? And hoping and putting in the work to watch it actually manifest into a reality that was exciting to me. So that's been the journey of career. But yeah, it's been a wild ride. What did you test and learn along the way to find what that path was for you? For me, it comes down to listening to yourself. And all of my life, I'd been taught to listen to other people, listen to what school and teachers and parents and friends wanted to do. But I never spent any time listening to myself. And I wish I had some sort of meditation practice of just spending 20 minutes in my own head every day since maybe starting in middle school. I think that would have been so impactful. I would have learned so much about myself and I would have gotten to this point a lot quicker because when I was 13 years old, I was starting a time management blog. And when I was 15, I was starting a Knicks blog. But by the time I was 16 and 17, I wanted 
the validation of my peers, of my parents, and I wanted to do what they thought was best. And the truth is, I could have saved myself a lot of time and a lot of energy if I had just been listening to myself in that time. Instead, I listened to them. So while I'm grateful for my parents, I'm grateful for the education that I was given, I also understand that in many ways it held me back. Listening to myself was the thing that unlocked who I really am at my core and helped put me on this path. That's fantastic. How do you get started with listening to yourself? Is it while driving the car? Is it while lying in bed before you go to sleep at night? Tell us what that looks like and how you start doing that. In practicality, it is for me spending at least 20 minutes a day of being on a couch in put a comforter or a blanket over you and close your eyes and watch the thoughts that arise. And oh, in our modern day society, we spend so much time looking at screens, looking at other people's perspectives, other people's ideas, but we spend very little of it understanding ourselves. Who are you really? You have no idea. Most people have no clue. I was talking to a 16 or 17-year-old kid a couple of weeks ago, and I was telling him, all of your opinions and perspectives are from somebody else. He was like, oh my God, they are. And I was asking him, when do you get your best ideas? He said, in the shower. And of course it is in the shower because that's the time, the only time that you could spend listening to yourself without any input. Do you want to know who you truly are? Do you want to know what will actually light you up? Do you want to know what actually can make an impact on your future direction? It is spending time with yourself in a world that prioritizes spending time with other people and other people's ideas and other people's thoughts. Can you spend time with yourself? For me, it's meditation, right? It's just closing my eyes and watching the thoughts. But for somebody listening, or for you, it could be journaling every day. It could be spending time in the shower where you're actually thinking about the thoughts that arise. It could be going on a walk without any inputs. But really tune into yourself. Tune into what you value. Tune into the things that pop up. There's a reason why those things are popping up. That would be my advice. And that would be how I practically started listening to myself. What are the three questions that you can start by asking during those meditation or quiet sessions? Yeah, it's funny. I don't ask myself any questions. I have a list of great questions. We can pull some up if you'd like of just for journaling prompts or just for understanding yourself more. But it's funny. I, I literally just let the thoughts come to me. And I, whatever comes, I say, okay, that's interesting and reflect on it. If you would like to start journaling, start asking yourself questions to lead yourself to a, a greater reality. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? What do you feel like you've mastered and what do you feel like you're learning? What is the adversity that has come up in your own life over and over again? And if you ask yourself these questions, you can start to solve problems for people and for the things around you. Because I think a lot of the times when I was younger, I didn't have many problems. And because I didn't have many problems, I couldn't solve any problems for somebody else. What the podcast is and what my podcast has become is me guiding people in helping them solve problems that I've had in the past through the questions and my guests. And for example, like I had Andy Frisella on and I asked him about discipline. And I was telling him how doing the 75 hard program led me to more discipline. That was something that I hadn't been able to 
understand or do, but because I had the podcast as a way to help younger people and people on that journey, it's like now that idea is in their heads. And I guess my whole thing is you can ask yourself great questions, but understanding where you want to go in life often comes from having problems and solving them and then helping other people solve those problems as well. Absolutely. I recently spoke with Sarah Stock of Stock. She said the exact same thing. If you don't share your problems, nobody's going to know about them. But if you put them out there, people are actually going to help you solve them. That was a really powerful lesson from the podcast episode number 346 with Andy Frisella. On that point, the reason why we are nervous or scared to tell other people about our problems often is because we are insecure or feeling fear around sharing that problem with somebody else. The reason why somebody won't raise their hand in class is because they're insecure that somebody is going to laugh at them for asking that question or for even caring. But when you can get to a place where you're not insecure about asking the question, about solving those problems or telling other people about the problems, then you are going to live a life that is better. If there is a child who is dealing with that insecurity, I would say that the most important thing is self-awareness and getting to know themselves. Because once you know yourself at a deep level, at a true level, you realize that what is below the surface is truly love. I really think that there is a massive benefit to getting to know yourself because it leads to less insecurity. I think that is the one thing that I wish more parents would do, or I wish I got, honestly, just more self-awareness through spending time with myself. Fantastic. In your everyday world as a podcaster, we've spoken about certainly dedication, determination, consistency. What are important strengths or personality traits for somebody that says, hey, I want to be a podcaster too, or I want to be on YouTube. I want to interview others just like Danny Miranda. I think curiosity is the biggest thing that has allowed me to do this for so many episodes. And that is asking questions and really starts with listening to myself. How do I know what to ask? It's because I first went inside, right? I can't ask about nuclear physics or computer science because I'm not genuinely interested in those things at this moment. That doesn't mean that if a nuclear physicist or a computer scientist comes in, I can't find some curiosity to ask them questions. The questions come from an innate understanding of myself and a curiosity for learning about how their world works. If you want to be a podcaster someday, try first tapping into curiosity. The funny thing is, I wasn't always curious. I started being curious when I started exploring my inner world, which is fascinating. And I don't know if that will be the experience for everyone, but becoming curious is the one unlock that has changed everything for me. Tell us what it means to be a podcaster. What is your morning routine or every day look like? What is the week in the life of Danny Marie, the podcaster? Yeah. So there's a few non-negotiables, which is one, I'm getting some sort of movement or exercise in every single day. I am meditating every single day, spending time with myself. I am usually researching or listening to other podcasts to learn more about the guests that I'm about to have on. I'm posting a lot of clips and a lot of snippets from the episodes so that people can get excited about them. I'm posting the episodes. I'm doing intros. I'm communicating with my editor about 
different ways to tell stories about the podcast. This is all I think about 24-7. And I don't know if it needs to be per se for every person. But for me, this is all consuming. And I am obsessed with telling stories and learning about people and showcasing their stories to the world. For me, I'm either listening to myself, moving my body, or creating the podcast or helping the podcast be seen by more people all day, every day. That's fantastic. Is that five days a week? Is that seven days a week? (laughs) What does that look like for you? It feels like a seven day a week thing. I turn my brain off very infrequently because even when I'm in a conversation with my mom, that could lead to an idea for the podcast. It's a seven day a week thing. I don't know when the last time I took a day off was because I love what I do and I just want to be doing it all the time. Yeah, that's pretty much how it works for me. I don't know if it works that way for everyone who has a podcast, but that's been my experience. Tell me about business model Mm. of podcasting. Is podcasting a real job? Can I grow up and be a podcaster in real life? Tell me more about how that works, what this business model looks like. How does a podcast make money? How does it sustain itself? I've played around with a few different business models over the past two and a half years. And the one that I'm working with right now that's been working pretty well is consulting. You do two and a half years of episodes, and that to me is 350, basically. There are other people who want to start shows as well. And some of those other people have been successful in business and now are coming into the podcast world and they want to leg up. And so I'll help introduce them to some of the guests that I've had on, as well as I will help look at their interviews and be like, all right, you should do this instead of this. And so I've gained a set of skills that now allow me to help them on their path. I've played around with the business model of doing advertising. I've had a few sponsors in the past. I found that it's when you're communicating with an advertiser, it's a lot of back and forth. It's a lot of say this in this way and make sure this is that way. I've pulled back from the advertising model, but I'm working on the consulting model right now, as well as putting out courses on connection and helping people connect with their heroes. Right now, the business model is through consulting, and but in the past, it has been through advertising. And maybe in the future, it'll be through advertising as well. It's been a funny, interesting journey. That is interesting. I just love experience sharing. Entrepreneurs organization is something that really does that for me in terms of getting to meet others, learning from shared experience. We actually have a WhatsApp channel that we message on all day, every day. That's wonderful. Yeah. I can only imagine the when you have a group of people who are trying to get a similar place, it's like there's nothing better than a shared North Star. I'm sure there have been setbacks and surprises that have come up along the way. And now clients can learn from you. What is something that you wish you had known when you started this journey? I wish I had known that people will take your thing as seriously as you take it yourself. Meaning, if you post three episodes a week, people will say after a long enough time, oh, wow, this person is taking their show very seriously. The first year of the podcast, I posted three episodes a week, consistently Monday, Wednesday, Friday. For the second year of the podcast, I posted inconsistently, but it turned out to be around two episodes a week, but it was really just whenever I felt like it. 
for the third year, I went back to three episodes a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, not missing a single episode or day. When I started doing that in the third year, it really took off to a new level. The reason why is because I started taking the thing more seriously. I think this is true not just for podcasting, but for anything you do. People will take your thing as seriously as you take it yourself. That's been my experience, and that's been the thing that I wish someone had told me in the beginning. When you started out, you said, I'm going to create 100 episodes before I decide whether podcasting is really for me and I'm going to keep going, whether I'm going to scale back, whether I'm going to stop doing it altogether. Tell us about that decision that you made up front. I think you cannot tell yourself you don't like something until you've done it at least 100 times. That's true for a specific type of workout. That is true for meditation. That is true for going on runs or whatever it is for you that you don't like doing or think that you don't like doing. It's like, maybe you just haven't done it enough times. This has certainly been true in my experience where I have written something off after doing it once. But if I had continued doing it, I would have gotten better. And the truth is that we enjoy getting better at something. And once we're good at it, we enjoy it a lot more. Maybe you shouldn't do everything a hundred times, but there are things that other people have enjoyed that it would be helpful for you to do more so that you could improve. And if you improved, you would enjoy doing it more. I knew that going into it. And I loved talking to people and learning from people. And then I was like, oh, wow, this is a lot of fun. I can't say that I don't like doing this or that this isn't for me unless I've done it enough times. That was the origins of my 100 podcast challenge. And took me eight months and I was really happy. One of my friends, Doma Altan, she did 100 episodes in 100 days, which is a wild thing to think about. But she said she was inspired by me and she wanted to just get the first 100 out of the way and under her belt. I really respected and admired her dedication to the craft. Ask yourself, like, how could you do a 100-day challenge or how could you do a 100 of something? And maybe it's not in 100 days, but that was a really important milestone for me. And I'm really grateful to have made that commitment to myself and followed through on it. Fabulous. When we spoke last week, Danny, you had said Tim Ferriss decided to start with six episodes. And I started with 100. Your number, Julie, is going to be somewhere in between those. So my number is also going to be 100 episodes. I'm putting it out there. And Certainly enjoyed hearing you and Andy Frisella speak about how much your style improved by doing it over and over again. So tell us about younger Danny. What was your favorite subject in school? What were some of the books you read or classes you took or people who inspired you along the way? Yes, my favorite class was always English. And I had one teacher in fifth grade Mr. Sutz, who understood me at a deep level and understood that the way school was being presented to me wasn't the best way for me to learn. I admired his flexibility and adaptability in helping me learn through sports or learn through connection. He did that really well. And I'm really grateful for him because after all these years and all the teachers, he still rings true as the person that impacted me the most. I think it's a remarkable thing when you can make that. He really made an effort to make a connection with me. And because of that, I'm still thinking and talking about him 15 years later. 
That's crazy. That's amazing. When was the last time you spoke with him? That's a good question. I need to send him a message and thank him for all of his support early on because school really didn't make sense to me from a young age in the sense of I was starting blogs on the internet and I was witnessing the power of the internet from a young age and it didn't connect with me as a way to learn. When there were people that noticed that and there were people that pushed me on in a good way, it made an impact and it helped me understand that I wasn't crazy and that I was just doing things my own way. What are some of those things in the early days that you discovered that you found inspiring? When I was 13 years old, I wrote a blog post about Gary Vaynerchuk. And this was around 2009. And I was watching his Wine Library TV show. And I was very inspired by how he was showing up in the world and how he was operating with kindness and humility and work ethic. He was posting five episodes a week. I was probably the only 13-year-old kid watching a wine TV show in the world. But I was inspired by the way he was able to market and the way he was able to be excited about something and share his passion. A lot of my teachers and a lot of my role models were from the internet. And it, it was the education that I really was desiring. And that's where I was seeing the world go towards. And it's been funny and validating for me to look and see 15 years later about how big of a success Gary Vaynerchuk has actually become. And I look back and I'm like, wow, that 13-year-old kid was really onto something. For me, it was like looking at the internet and seeing who were the people that were showing up with love, optimism, hard work, and kindness. It's incredible. What is the one question that you wish that I'd asked you today, Danny? There's no one question that I wish you asked me. I'm grateful for all your incredible questions. And I think that we are better for asking questions. And I think that's something I wish more young people would do. That's something that I wish I personally did when I was younger, which is ask questions in general. If you can make an interaction asking and learning, you are living a better life. And so I'm grateful for all your questions. It's helped giving me new perspective on my life. And I'm excited to message Mr. Sutz and find out his contact information so I can thank him. Wonderful. How is your future guest lineup? It's nonstop. There's just a lot of great people. You get to a certain point and a lot of incredible people want to be on the show and I'm honored and humbled by it. That's really what I think the core of this is all about, talking to people who are exciting to you. Absolutely. Where can our listeners learn more about you and find you online? The Danny Miranda podcast is probably the best place where you could find me asking a lot more questions than I did in this interview. At Hey Danny Miranda on Twitter and Instagram. And that's the best place to find me. Excellent. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm really grateful for your questions and, and for you inviting me on the podcast. Subscribe to our podcast and social media channels. And as extra credit, if you feel so inclined, give us a thumbs up or share our episode on social media channels at The Little MBA.